All right, Tristan, what's up, dog? What's up? How you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, so, so, all right, I'm getting a little bit better at these intros, and I say it all the time. Your name is Tristan Allman. You play, and I pronounced that correct, right? That's correct, yes. You, you play guitar in a band called Sometime in February, right? Yep, yep, that's right. Sick. Okay, and for you, what is the juice? For me, Punch Drunk Love is the juice. Very sick. So, so we went back and forth, not back and forth, but uh, when I initially asked you to do this, I'm looking back on our messages. There was a couple movies you were choosing between. Do you remember yes. what they were? Yes. Um, so I know my first choice was Lord of the Rings, but uh, that was occupied. Yes. Currently, yes. That spot. Some, so someone's going to be doing all three of them at some point. Yes. Well, you know that's. Usually my go-to, if someone asks me a favorite, that's usually my first choice. Um, it's pretty safe and consistently that for me. But so like, I don't really have like a second favorite. Like I mentioned, like there's like a lot of others uh, oh, yeah. that like could easily be that depending on the day. So I know a couple others I mentioned uh, would be like Spider-Man 2. Uh, sure, the, the Raimi one, right? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um Blade Runner 2049 is also yeah. one. That's one. And then what was the other one that you mentioned that was, I think that was, I think that was it. I think it was Blade Runner 2049, Spider-Man 2, Punch Drunk Love. And I said, let's just do Punch Drunk Love because it is, uh, it'd be my first time talking PTA on here. And, yeah. um, and, and like, uh, I just did, uh, I, I just did like a listen through of a podcast doing Spider-Man 2. Um, and I'm like, I, I'm not a big comic book guy to begin with. Uh, yeah. and, and I was like, these movies seem pretty interesting. So at some point I do want to rewatch them, but I just wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready to jump into the idea of, of doing that. And I want to, I want to follow along and do all the Raimi stuff when I do, mm, which I've done yeah. like bits and pieces. Um, and then Blade Runner 2049 is interesting, but I almost feel like it's, I don't know. I was like, you know what, let's do It's It's quick and easy and fun is this yeah. movie fun is punch drunk love fun um on rewatch yes uh okay, that's cool. what i've found for me um it's uh this is one that i can rewatch a lot and you know a lot of that does help with like it's a very like short and tight film and like yeah. it's uh it's not a struggle to like sit through it uh on repeats so yeah, yeah. and also like i'm glad we did this one because like you know, the other movies I've, you know, lots of people have seen those and I've talked sure. about those plenty. I, I haven't really had the chance to talk about this movie with someone. So I'm like, yes, let's let's do it. Right. So, so I I watched a couple movies surrounding this to um, like just to lead up for myself. So I watched Along Came Polly for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm -hmm. um, I watched 
uh, oh, I watched Uncut Gems because I wanted another uh, Serious Sandler. Two yeah. movies that I've seen before, and I was I was gonna do Magnolia as because it's my only um it's my only blind spot of PTAs. Really? Uh, yep. And later, have you, so I wanted to ask what your relationship with him was, um, and how many of his movies you've seen. So with PTA, I think I've seen all his movies. I'm pretty sure, uh, unless cool. there's like some early thing like i've seen you know heart eight boogie nights magnolia punch drunk yeah. love they're going blood. in order you're going in order keep going i want to see master yeah no the master inherent yeah. vice phantom thread yeah. licorice pizza that's it so you you not only have seen them all but you can name them in an order which is awesome. okay sick yeah and and it's an audio only podcast so for the record tristan was literally just naming them off he wasn't looking at a screen or anything like that that was <laughs> yes so what I'm gonna do later later in the pod, I want to do I want to do our rankings. I want to uh, cause I so my two actually I didn't I forgot inherent vice is a blind spot for me too, which is crazy because I love Reese Witherspoon. Um, I love a good detective movie, especially one that kind of like rambles. Um, yes, like the have you ever seen The Long Goodbye? I just did an episode on it actually. No, I haven't. Actually. It's a seven. It's a 70s Altman. It's like, man, it's everything I hear. Inherent Vice is kind of like, oh, it's kind of like the long goodbye. And it's kind of like, um, fuck, I forget what what else Inherent Vice constantly gets compared to. But I, I, I love everything that is constantly compared to. I love like, um, I know Under the Silver Lakes kind of of that same world. And like, have you seen Decision to Leave? No, I haven't. I just rewatched that last night. I think that's like a perfect movie. I was going to watch Magnolia before this pod to like complete. And now I'm realizing I would have also done, I had to do Inherent Vice. I might do both tonight. That would be yeah, fun. That would we'll be still, fun. We'll still do our rankings and I will have mine under the guise of I got two that are supposedly two of the best yeah. um, that I'm going to. And then on a, uh, I always tell everyone I'm going to have them back on. So when I have you back on to do Blade Runner 2049, I will do an amendment on okay. on on it. But yeah, okay. So so let's get down to not the movie quite yet. I want to talk about before I talk about your relationship with movies, you just got off uh filling in for between the buried me and doing like a long-ish tour. It was like two-ish months. Um was mm-hmm. this the was this the first longer tour that you've done? It was uh actually the first tour period. That's uh, awesome. So yeah, it, it was it was everyone thought it was like hilarious like my first tour ever was like a big fancy bus tour you know i I completely like skipped the shitty van days and it's like you know basically getting spoiled and i had Mm -hmm. you know travis tuning my guitar every night for me oh my god that's ridiculous that 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 yeah that's so funny and like you know everyone on that crew and everything like you you not only that but you got like a great crew of guys to go out with and a bunch of sold out shows and shit that that is that is pretty funny that that yeah. that that's the first one but so under the you know like under the pretense that this was a little bit of a a nicer uh tour like more comfortable mm-hmm. um you guys saw a couple movies i was gonna ask what you're like movie watching because it's something that i always mean to ask i just had dan on we just did um yeah we just did mahal and drive and uh, I I forgot to ask him. I'm gonna start asking people what you're. And I've toured with Dan before once, mm-hmm. and uh, we saw one movie together. But I I forget what his 
watching movies on tour kind of thing is where like I will me and Jeremy kind of watch whenever we can. I'll literally kind of like warm up while I'm watching something sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and then like go to sleep watching something on my laptop or something like that. What's your do on just this tour between theaters and like watching shit on your own? What was that like for you? What did you get? You know, did you watch anything? What What was going on? So um, we did take a few uh, theater trips, actually, which was fun. Uh, we were able to, you know, sometimes with, you know, just a few of them. Sometimes I was able to. Well, I think it was once I was able to get the whole group out pretty much. Well, mostly the whole group. Um, sure. But it was uh, we saw Asteroid City on a day off. Uh, cool. And that was most of the guys uh, we went and saw it with. Um, and then. It was later in the tour we did. Uh, you guys we, had Barbie. You guys had Barbie and Oppenheimer on that tour, yeah, right? Yeah, we okay. had a. That was our our last movie day. Uh, I know it was me, Blake, and Dan. Uh, we did the whole uh, Barbenheimer thing. Yeah, you know, we found a hotel. We saw Oppenheimer and IMAX. Uh, Sick. And yeah, we had a great time doing that. Um, we also saw Mission Impossible. I'm uh, I'm those are blind spots for me those Mission Impossibles. Did it, it, the the Barbenheimer which one did you see first and did you was the theater like what what day of the week was it was the theater insane? So it was I think it was like a Monday or a Tuesday that we did that and sure. so the theater wasn't busy. Um yeah. we made the decision to start it at like I think the f- first movie we saw barbie first uh sure. and i think it was like 11 or 12 so we started yeah. early um and theater wasn't packed at all um i mean there was a good bit of people like in the theater but it was yeah yeah very low-key and it happened to be a good theater we were like in jackson mississippi uh okay and there was a pretty pretty nice theater uh right outside town and then yeah we had a little lunch break for an hour and then went and saw Oppenheimer and IMAX and it was a good IMAX too. It wasn't 35 millimeter, but it was a sure. uh, uh, real, real nice high screen. So that rocks. yeah, that rocks. it was great. Yeah. That, that, that whole day was fun. It was, I went on, I think not like the Thursday night, but I went on like the Friday or the Saturday. It was, I can't, I can't remember the last time, the last time a theater was that packed for something that I was going to see. I'm curious how old you were for this phenomena, but the, the, it, the it remake shit how old were you when those it movies were coming oh out? the remakes that would be it was probably like 17 or 18 so um, so, so you might have been like right in the uh like kind of the perfect age for it like like going with like a bunch of friends to go see a horror movie on but it was like so much bigger than that i remember that being just like so weird how packed out that theater was when i saw that first it um yeah I can't remember the last time a movie theater was that packed other than this. Pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, I, um, I I saw those, um, not like opening weekend. So like sure. I didn't have like that experience. I mean, it was probably comparable to like a um one of the Avengers like midnight showing type things. Uh that was probably I, like the last real packed theater that I went to or, you know, one of the recent Spider Man movies or something. Sure. I've never done any of the like, so so like I said, not big superhero guys. So I haven't seen any of those. Like 
I remember I saw the first couple when I was younger when there was the Iron Man's. I, I, I very definitively didn't see the first Iron Man because I made a decision to and I, I promise we'll get to start start talking about Punch Drunk Love soon. But oh, it's okay. I, I made a decision to I was with Matt, who plays drums in in, in my band, and uh our buddy Oliver, I think. And we went as three, we were gonna go see the strangers. And the guy goes, Hey man, uh there's there's three seats, but like and this was kind of before the days of assigned seats, I feel like. It was a smaller mm-hmm. theater, so they didn't do that anyway to be able to, he was like there's no there's no way you guys are going to be able to sit together and they were like oh well we'll just go see iron man and i was like what are we going to talk during the whole movie <laughs> i was like i'll go see the strangers and i sat by myself and saw the strangers and i had to wait for like an hour and a half because that <laughs> iron man movie's like three hours or whatever yeah but um but yeah i so like the only i think the uh the biggest phenomenon other than it uh was like i saw a couple of the harry potters in the in the heyday that those were pretty nuts I wish I would have done the Twilights when those were a thing. Just thinking oh, back yeah. to, like, just I, I know a little bit more about them now, and like I I especially know that that last one is cuckoo crazy. Yeah. Um. So I wish I would have been able to see that with like a bunch of people who love that thing. That would have been yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I, it's the whole thing of you know getting into or like become aware of something after it's passed. Like yeah. You know, there's like I I missed the whole Harry Potter train growing up too. So like uh sure sure it was I didn't fun get that. it was yeah. fun i i didn't i never saw all of them but like i remember i read the first couple of books and saw most of the movies it was just, you know it's like we're hanging out at a fun little magic world that's 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 fun yeah. um but uh all right all right so uh and outside of theater trips you watching movies on tour at all what was that you were doing anything by yourself or you kind of just like in guitar mode i was yeah i was pretty set in guitar mode i like uh really especially like that first week week and a half i was like okay i'm trying to <laughs> sure completely immersed in this whole new world basically and like yeah. uh i did not do anything like i uh like i even had bought a nintendo switch before the tour uh uh-huh. so i could play the new zelda game uh with the downtime but i didn't touch it for like the first two weeks of tour uh sure. so i was just like in it and then yeah i never really found myself like taking the time to watch stuff or sure uh, sure yeah do any of that yeah everyone's different like like yeah it's there's generally like for as much downtime as there is it it almost feels like there's no time that you want to do something on tour it's weird it's a weird thing um but all right so out so before i get into this movie and your relationship with this movie what is your relationship with movies to begin with like do you have any memories as a kid of anything that you really liked that you watched a bunch or or like when i was a kid it was i i remember it was school of rock and i've told this story before but it was like i i think for a year i watched school of rock every night before bed one of those things where like outside of you know my dad gets me into movies with like sci-fi shit like aliens and the thing and i branch off into my own little horror world before i kind of like try and immerse myself in everything um what's what's it like for you growing up and when did you really get into like being kind of a movie guy which i feel like you kind of are yeah yeah i mean i would consider myself one so um i would say well grew up watching you know movies all the time uh my dad like uh his job like when i was growing up like my early ages uh he like would install home theaters uh for people 
So uh, the house that I grew up in for the first few years of my life had a, a sick home theater setup. Uh, awesome. So it, it was pretty sick. And like in my memories, it's like just this massive, huge room that we had. Um, yeah. And so we had it like the ideal setup for watching movies and like my first exposure to movies. So it was it was pretty cool. I mean, growing up on the Star Wars stuff and, you know, okay. Uh, like going to see the prequels in the theaters was like some of my first memories seeing movies. Cool. Um, you know, even like Spider Man Two. That's another one. Uh, sure, because what movie? What age are you when like the spy when the Raimi Spider Mans are coming out? So like, so, how old are you right now? You're twenty five. Twenty four. You're twenty four. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, so 99 was when I was born. So when so you were the, three, when the first Spider-Man came out, when the first yes. Raimi one came out. So, but that's like, kind of like, yeah, I feel like five, like, like you said, Spider-Man two comes out, what, two years later. So yes. yeah, you're five. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was like, you know, the images of, you know, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock is like the scariest person in the world, like to me at that age. So it's like sure. such, you know. They are iconic for me. And then, of course, the next year, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith comes out. And okay. that's like the biggest thing. So we had a whole collection of like the Burger King toys to go along with it. So these that's big, fun. you know, movies of the time were like the thing. And then it was uh, probably around that same time that my dad showed me and my older brother Lord of the Rings for the first time. He had bought the the extended cuts and we okay. like watched like one half each night for like a week so it took like six days and it was like right just the coolest shit i'd ever seen so um it was you know my dad had really shown us a lot of that um was he was he is he is he a physical media guy like a bunch of dvds and like because i remember those very specifically being i remember christmas time i had some buddies that would get those for christmas where it's like i got the extended fuck you lord of the rings this year you know like yeah and it always looked so sick and i'm like a real sucker for i i'm a sucker for collecting movies and records and and you know and i got that from my dad like that sickness from him and uh it, it's like i remember those being so sick the just the packaging in particular. oh yeah yeah i uh yeah he definitely did have you know a good decent collection of uh physical stuff um uh, and you know we'd always whenever we'd want to have a movie night, we'd just go into, you know, one of the, the closets or one of the boxes that had, awesome. you know, all these discs and we're like, okay, pick one. And, you know, of course there were so many of them that I hadn't seen yet. So yeah. just be like pick out something new and yeah, big physical release uh, guy. My dad was uh, during that age for sure. Right. For me. And, you know, I, I love having physical releases too. I'm a little pickier with what I have. Cause you sure. know, it's, uh, you know, more expensive and also space in my house and i have a small yeah, house I get it. so it's a it's a whole thing um yeah. but it's uh i have this with me now i do have a physical release of punch drunk love hey let's uh, go so it's pretty sick i got it at like a uh vid old used video store a few years back um, that's awesome and yeah it's this really cool edition of it you know i'll i'll show you uh you'll yeah. just have to sit uh tell people how cool it is you know it has yeah. the the sleeve so you've got a slip yeah. cover which is very important in these mm -hmm. communities okay this looks like a is this is this dvd or blue because this uh, looks like DVD. a dvd yeah, okay cool old. yeah yeah this this sick. is sick 
This is very, very sick. So it's got uh it's got our two friends on the mm-hmm. uh you open it up and they're they're looking at each other about they're probably about to give one of those big three kisses in the movie. Yep. Um yeah, this is uh this is a cool little take the slip off, open it up, it's its own kind of like cardboard thing, and then you open those up to the discs. Yeah, yeah. man, that rocks. That mm-hmm. absolutely rocks. Oh, um yeah. sick, sick. Okay, so when does this movie come onto your radar? Uh, and what's your relationship with it? So, really, it was just uh, probably not that long ago. I don't know exactly when, but it has to have been like the last um, four years, four or five okay. years that I saw it for the first time. I don't can't pinpoint exactly, but I know I was uh, definitely working down like the PTA list. Um, sure. So, of course, I'd seen like uh, There Will Be Blood at uh-huh. that point. I think I'd seen Magnolia and Boogie Nights as well. Um, so, you know, I was kind of, I don't know, not like avoiding it, but I was like, eh, you know, it's Adam Sandler. Like I don't, I hadn't, you know, at that point I hadn't seen uncut gems, uh, sure, or, sure. and I hadn't had really any impression of him that wasn't, you know, his, uh, his usual type of roles. Yeah. Um, so, but no turning What's... it on. And I mean, like what? For for Adam Sandler, what's where are you at with him? Do you like the like I I, I guess it's kind of like boner comedies, but they're like little less raunchy because they're they're all PG thirteen. They're all like because they're all cash cows too. They're like he even the stuff you haven't heard of. I feel like he makes a quick easy hundred mil. Like you know maybe not so much now with the Netflix shit. Like what's the one with him and Jennifer Aston on the boat? Um, but you, you know what I mean. Are there's people that ride or die ride they i'm not getting that that phrase phraseology right they love adam sandler people mm-hmm. love the guy um where are you at with him do you, and uh, i'm sorry i interrupted the uh the punch drunk love uh, oh you're good but what do you think of him and like you said you were avoiding this a little bit because kind of because he's in it yeah just because like eh, i don't know what to expect and you know everything else from pta is like you know not a rom-com and sure. you know, rom-com with Adam Sandler was like, you know, not, I was, I wasn't in a rush to get to it basically. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I hadn't, I don't think the list of like Adam Sandler movies that I've like actually seen is very long. Um, okay. I just know I've known of him, you know, seen like clips yeah. around or people like, you know, sharing whatever, like Facebook memes or whatever with him or like little clips. Um, I so- think, You've uh, never have you done Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and the like the big ones? Uh, no, I, that's, that's awesome. the thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty wild. I the one movie that I know that I went to the theater to see uh, was uh, some friends. We were like real bored. Uh, we yeah. just went to the movies and what happened to be playing but Jack and Jill. Uh, oh so, my god! Uh, yeah. Oh, that's that's Cinematic that's a real. That that's a real like turning point too because I'm looking at the filmography right now and I'm gonna I'm gonna do the highlights really quick but mm-hmm. he's have you ever seen Airheads Airheads is one that I fucking ride for no no I okay. haven't seen. do you know what Airheads is about is I, me, I've heard me, it let what me give it? you the, let me give you the elevator pitch I made Scott watch this the like like last year because he stayed at my house because it's his like uh his mom had COVID and he didn't want to get it from her so we slept on my couch and I was like 
uh there's like an hour and a half uh left before it's like midnight and we just finished watching a hockey game i was like airheads is on hbo max have you ever seen this thing and it's like a uh so it's it's a band guy movie it's about a a a band who can't quite can't quite get their they, they, they can't quite get into the spotlight whatever you want to call it like they, they they're trying to get radio airplay that's like the big thing with with this like 90s time i guess is like we're we're in like a rock band we want to get on the radio that's like the making it thing we get on the radio we get a record deal we've made it that's like you know obviously you uh being immersed in this music world know that's not at, at all how it happens and I, I think it happened like that for some people back like obviously back in the 60s 70s 80s but i think the 90s it was kind of starting to peter off that way as the internet came and you know but you could still kind of see the through line there but it's adam sandler is the drummer he's like barely in it but it's brendan frazier and steve buscemi they're a three-piece band and they hijack a radio station with water guns painted black like as uzis and they're like you're gonna play our fucking song on the radio and it's it's honestly really fucking fun um you should do that at some point it's really do you like brendan frazier oh yeah yeah that sounds awesome i i I now realize what movie you're talking about because i like seen pictures of like them and the get up and it's like okay you know i Mm -hmm. why have i not seen that why have i not seen these guys together doing that so yeah that's that'll go on the list you'll have fun with airheads that's fun but it's airheads billy madison happy gilmore wedding singer (sighs) dirty work which i haven't seen i know i should uh, Waterboy, Big Daddy, but these are all, st- it's all stuff that you're like, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, Big Daddy, uh, Little Nicky, and then he's in The Animal, Jesus Christ, that movie. And then it's Punch Drunk Love. So it's like, literally, this is kind of his first real, I-, I see some other ones that I really don't know in here. Um, like, I don't know what... Uh, bulletproof is but no that's like a comedy too so this is his first like serious acting role um Mm -hmm. and then you know it's back to more like mr deeds master not not master disguise he just produced that eight crazy nights so it's funny that there's like this is the first one and he's kind of unbelievable in it he he, i i love what pt whatever pta saw on the guy it it rocks but yeah go ahead so you're avoiding this thing because of adam sandler and then you eventually see it like four or five years ago, like you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, just watching it and, you know, it's this like first scene, you know, the movie just like starts and, mm-hmm. you know, it's this scene of him in the desk in the corner yeah, and, you know, doing the calls and whatever. And it's, you know, it's just awkward. Like the whole, like, he's just so awkward the whole movie. Uh, yeah. And like, like, and like, yeah, this is like a, dramatic turn for him but also he's like it is a comedy and he's like fucking hilarious in it and it's sure. like it's not just his typical you know shtick really it's he's yeah. just in a whole other way really he's just he's he's playing like a complicated that's i think i think the real like you said it's a comedy so it's not it's it's this weird line right where it is a drama in its own way and it's like a serious kind of like this is a movie about a guy who very clearly has like insane social problems, you know? And it's like, he's a really anxious guy that like, I feel like, you know, a lot of people can watch this movie and be like, I relate to 
this that you know like the uh the his sister trying to set him up with a friend at work that kind of thing like i've got buddies who are like you know i i see their family being like oh you don't have a girl why don't you have a girlfriend that kind of stuff where it's like and and they get annoyed by it and it's like Mm -hmm. i i get that a hundred percent that kind of stuff and it's this like you know all of these uh all these situations make him so anxious and it's this this fine line between like funny and like a little depressing you know the the violent like he breaks out into these violent outbursts essentially Mm -hmm. um but he's it's the first time that he's playing uh a character with layers really like yeah i mean i'm looking again happy gilmore fine like big daddy you i guess you can say like there's layers to this guy but at the same time it is just a it's you know it's a it's a little it's a comedy movie it's not a little it's a big comedy movie but it's still like it doesn't have that uh it doesn't have that seriousness even if it has those little like uh uh generic comedy you know it gets sad for for a, a quick 10 minutes moments um it's not like this that is very very He's a complicated man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a simple man, and he's a complicated man, kind of. Yeah, and like uh, his like all the jokes that like come out, it's like they're you know they happen for a reason, and sure. it's like the, it all like moves it forward, and just uh, or shows how like why the way he is, and why he is this extremely socially awkward person and like in the first 10 minutes you know you kind of get that shown like why he is this way and you know he's like smothered by his seven sisters and you know like i don't know if they say it but you know feels like he's the youngest sibling and it's just like uh yeah you know yeah i get that you know it shows why he is the way he is and it's uh like it all has purpose behind it like all the jokes and funny parts it's uh Right. Like, right. Yeah. So so now I I've been like veering away from doing the like go through the plot thing, but I feel like with some of these things I wanna try and like get I, I, I almost wanna do like an overview of it. Before before I completely dive into this thing, the the one thing that I've been forgetting to ask people as they come on is like the because I very specifically have this podcast that is uh, I want to talk with musicians about movies. So obviously you being a musician and being someone who I know writes music, I'm always fascinated with how other people like pull inspiration from different pieces of art. And so just, just curious if there's any instance that you, you know, can recall of or tendency that you have when you're watching a movie that you're like, that inspires something in my guitar playing. Um, and the, the the example that I always use is I became obsessed with structure over the pandemic when we were all in lockdown. I was like, I'm fascinated with song structure to begin with from any genre of music. And then I start watching like, you know, during the pandemic, I'm like watching three movies a day, trying to listen to a million records. Like I'm trying to do so much in, in a day. And the, the, uh, the thing that the two main things are watching movies, playing guitar and writing. And I'm like, I'm I'm trying to mirror you know traditional movie structure to a song something like mm. that where I'm like I'm thinking about different themes motifs how they come up how they 
foreshadow in music as opposed to movies, that kind of thing. That's my that's my go to like, oh, it's cool how this is structured. But there's other stuff too, right? Like you hear even in this movie, and I want to get to the transitioning because I think the transitioning is some of the coolest fucking thing. Like yeah. visually, visually some of the coolest shit I've ever seen in a movie. Um, but like, you know, you just hear bits in the score and you're like, oh, that's cool. That could be that's a musical idea, you know. But yeah, mm-hmm. anything anything from you in terms of that? So yeah, I mean, and just in regards to this movie, uh, I mean, the score is fucking great. And uh, what I'm like, um, I'll go into like more broad thing in a sec, but it's like yeah. one thing about this is like, I like really paid attention this watch through that I had last night of it. And uh, really like, there's like three notes in there. That's like the main type of uh like uh that's the main melody kind of yeah that uh it recurs and you can like hear it like in the background of random points like um when they're walking outside the restaurant at night you that truck is going by that truck makes the like a noise and it's those three notes and it's just like the coolest fucking thing and like that's like gets me giddy um yeah i i don't take credit for hearing it myself like i saw like a twitter thread like a few months ago about it um but then I like really listened for it this time. I was like, yep, there it is. And um, yeah, so that's uh, the type, that type of thing. It, it's just, you know, that's what gets me going. But uh, yeah. um, for my own writing and like how music and movies like relates to that is like, so the way that I like, started with music and like learned things like I was very much on and off with like taking lessons and self-taught so like my Mm -hmm. my theory knowledge especially is like kind of all over the place so it's uh I there's a lot of different things that like I figure out that I like oh I can you know use this type of chord in this key or whatever and uh you know use that to add it up whenever I'm like in a rut with writing a song so whenever I like listen to scores for movies or just watching a movie and something catches my ear. I'm like, Oh, I really like, you know, you know, those changes in there. Uh, right. I'm going to look it up, mess around with that. See how I can, you know, use that something like, yeah. So, so, so essentially terrible. like, like pulling, like, like, you know, like you said about specifically punch drunk love. And I, I find this a lot in, and I'm sure that you feel the same way. Like, just like having a background in, extremely technical and like complicated music like there's 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 a lot going on all the time and then you hear something so simple and a lot of times that was that's what the most memorable movie scores are and and Mm -hmm. and some of the best music ever written some of the best pop and stuff like that and not even just pop some of the more simple moments in this really complicated music world that we're uh that that we're immersed in it's like that's so fucking simple and so smart and so cool and like you're talking about like it's 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 constantly like under the radar. Like uh, that's the, that's the thing that I really like. Like you're talking about, uh, Oh, um, the, the foreshadowing, not even foreshadowing, but it's just like the way that you can insert a melody in uh, before it really builds in, in different parts until like you put it in someone's head. And then when it comes back to like, Oh, this is awesome. I remember this. And so like, mm-hmm. yeah. So grabbing onto little uh, excerpts of scores and being like, 
these three notes sound sick together. And then you put them like, yeah. And then you make them chords or something like that. If they're singular notes and like, Oh, this sounds sick. And then you mess with the, the BPM, the rhythm, whatever it, it may be. Yeah. That's yeah. that, that rocks, that rocks. Um, the one, uh, the, the one little thing that that truck thing reminds me of, which again, I, I didn't notice that, but I, I love, love that so much in that long goodbye movie that I was, uh, that I was talking about, and the uh, the the person who came on to do it, his name is Scott uh, Interante, and he um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If Scott is listening, but uh, he pointed out something to me where he's like, "Oh, in this world, they're all every time that someone turns on a radio or whistles a song or like sings some kind of song, it's all one variation of this one this one song called the Long Goodbye." And so it's like you're in this one universe where the same song is playing just different versions of it. Like, and it, it, that's, that's in some way tangentially related to the, the truck, the noise that it's making with this score kind of thing, where it's like, it follows you around the world that we're in, in this movie, which is so sick. Yeah. So sick. Um, that's awesome. All right. So let's now pretty much do all punch drunk love. So like I said, I've been avoiding the go through the plot thing, but I'm trying to get into a here's kind of a quick what goes on in the movie and then talk about some of your favorite parts. Then I'm going to ask you some questions. I actually I want to do the rankings with you. And then I had two funnier ones that, you know, the two funnier questions, I should say, that could we could go off on a little bit of a tangent with it, but it's entirely possible that we come off completely blank. And it just and both questions fall completely on their face, but we'll find out. Um, all right. So I mean, the movie, and and hop in, hop in when I start to stutter because I think that's the best way to do this. Where I like, I start to re- recollect our what, what happens next, what happens next, and then you'll probably be able to jump right in. But mm-hmm. it's it's about a man named Barry. Um, Adam Sandler's playing Barry, and he's a he's a socially awkward man who works. I think it's his own company. That's kind of the mm-hmm. the idea. He works for his own company. Uh, he owns his own company, and it's they make toilet plungers, um, or at least that's one of the many things that they. It's one of the main things they make. And um, he is a, a socially awkward man who has seven sisters. They invite him to a birthday party. One of them is pressing him about why don't you have a girlfriend? You know why don't you that kind of thing. Uh, I have a friend who's coming, and she's very cute. That that sort of setup y thing. And he's like, no, 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 because he knows it's going to be very awkward. Um, but you can tell he's very lonely because he sees an ad for, uh, what would you call it? Call, not quite a call girl, but kind of. Like a, kind a of, phone sex line. Like playing. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a phone sex line, but he doesn't want to like, he doesn't want to dirty talk or anything like that. He kind of just wants someone to speak to. Uh, the other little things that I'm leaving out that we kind of mentioned earlier is he's got a bit of an anger problem when that frustration and that anxiety, uh, like really hits him. It boils up and he starts to act out violently comes up twice. Uh, one, when he breaks his sister's, um, back door and the other, when he ruins the bathroom on the date (laughs) with, uh, with, uh, yeah. So, uh, with Emily Watson. So, um, so basically, uh, through circumstance, uh, yeah, he tries to have this conversation with this phone sex, uh, worker and she is trying to, 
essentially run a scam where uh gets all of his credit card info under the uh guise of blackmail you got a girlfriend you got a wife uh i'll tell them whatever um and then uh up to here any moments that you really really like because this is before he officially gets on the first date right yeah yeah so so we get him like uh show a little bit of his you know day-to-day life he's wearing a a a nice blue suit which he wears throughout the whole movie right Uh, and everyone's like oh why are you wearing a suit uh so it's like a new thing for him and he's like i I, because i like i like it you know i wear suits now um which is kind uh, of like it's kind of like the social anxiety thing of like I, I, I remember as a kid, I didn't like to get a haircut because I didn't like anyone to be like, oh, new haircut. You got a haircut. Yeah. And so, like, it's this thing where he's like, he wants to wear the suit. And I had points where I was like, I want to get this haircut. But it bothers him where everyone's just like, what, why, what are you why are you dressing like this? And he's like, I, I, I don't know, because I like it. That's, and yeah. he doesn't want to be asked anything else. But yeah, go right. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's like doing some, some stuff right you know he's got his own business and he uh, you know has yeah. employees so he's and he's uh you know not completely you know he's not stupid or anything because he found no. the 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 pudding hack uh right. with the airline miles which uh, that's that's you know, the thing that i that i glanced over that i forgot about yes yeah yes. um so so yeah he's uh hoarding some pudding at this point uh to have some uh you know unlimited airline miles uh which is he doesn't intend to use. He doesn't intend to use them. Um, yeah. He's just kind of like he he sees uh, a, a break in the link of the system. And he's like, what? How did they not notice that this thing? I need to take advantage of it, even though he's not going to take advantage of it. Right. Yeah. And that was that was the very first thing in the movie. He was having that call with the guy about it. Uh, yep. So, uh, uh, you know, he's he's just doing that like like and like you said he doesn't have plans to do anything with it he's just like oh well this is something i can do um but uh so you know and just like the one thing about this is this movie is the on first watch was like made me super stressed out like the way that they build the tension with that and just like um his day-to-day life trying to do his things then you know all his sisters calling him like uh you know basically all that you know one of those first scenes he's uh getting you know his phone's ringing off the hook all his sisters bugging him about the party um and then another thing very early in the movie you know he gets the the harmonium the the little piano on the street and i wanted to mention that yeah i forgot about that that's kind of one of this outside of him having the pudding conversation that's kind of the next thing that happens the insane the insane car crash, which when I'm first watching this, I think I always take notes when I'm when I'm watching these for the pods. And I was like, uh, I just put car crash piano delivery. But I was thinking in my head, I was like, because I hadn't seen this in a couple of years. I was like, is this real or is yeah. this in his head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, that that's something that like I always like have to think about. And I haven't like really come to a like decision for myself on it because it's Me just either. like out of nowhere. And yeah. Like, I kind of like it, though. It's like, you know, anything oh, yeah. could happen. It's, you know, you don't have to take anything too literally or, like, have an answer for it. So I'm like, okay, you know, that that's fine. That's that's fine. But, uh, so, yeah, he, he gets the harmonium, brings it into his office, and, you know, it's uh, 
every time like he gets stressed out he'll always like reach for it and like put his hand right. on it that's his like it's like his anchor basically uh yep. which i really like it's you know very representative of you know his inner peace that he's like holding on to for dear life yep yep that i i like that i like that um and then and then so outside of outside of that when we're we're through with the first phone call from the sex uh the sex phone line um essentially he he's like yeah i uh, uh you know they have a nice phone call and then she calls back in the morning and she's like i need money um and you need to you need to give me this money she starts out sweet enough and he's like i i don't have the money to really lend you this kind of you know or give you this money yeah. and she's like well maybe i should ask your girlfriend and he's lying about having a girlfriend he lied about having a girlfriend when he first did the uh, when he first made the call, and it's kind of an anxious thing again, where I think he felt like he had to say, uh, so he didn't appear to be like a loser or anything. Yeah. Like he was—that's his idea of like, if I don't have a girlfriend, I'm a loser. That's like th- this thing that I read um, from him, and and uh, you know, then he's like, I don't have a girlfriend, and she doesn't believe him, whatever. Um, and then he eventually. Uh, goes on this date with Emily Watson has mm-hmm. and starts to starts to get a girlfriend and it's this like uh, thing that happened before he met her is haunting him while he's trying to pursue this relationship with this woman who is uh, in, in it, I'm gonna say like she is receptive to an understanding of his quirks and his mm-hmm. like you know she goes on the first date with him and he absolutely ruins the bathroom just like 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 destroys it rips uh the the sink apart with his bare hands that kind of, because he was stressed out about uh something that she had brought up that his sister had kept mentioning to him that he's mm-hmm. embarrassed about from childhood so he got really anxious destroyed a bathroom and you know obviously the 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 sound kind of goes i think it kind of like uh it zooms out kind of if that's the the right way to put it but like the the, the sound gets sucked out and mm. um and you don't really hear it but you see it kind of thing uh but you can tell in that obviously you're in that fucking restaurant everyone could probably hear it, including her and she kind of just rolls with it because she's like understanding that he is a little strange um and and that's the movie right the movie is he's trying to outrun this sex phone line thing that he that he got involved with before he met Emily Watson's character and and then try and like pursue a successful relationship with her between she travels for work him traveling with those pudding miles going to see her kind of that impulse impulse type thing that he does um which which seems very out of character for him mm-hmm. and uh and of course there's the Philip Seymour Hoffman of it all which will let's do let's do him really quick what's your where where are you at with him and i should do i should do emily watson too because she's kind of in those she's in those marvel movies and you have is she in those marvel movies or am i thinking of someone else you know i was looking yesterday like i i thought that i have seen emily watson in more than i have but looking at her filmography i'm I'm really not sure Um, all right well, okay, so let let okay. Here's I'm gonna start with I'm gonna start with Watson because it'll be quicker. Because I, much like you, am just like, you know, for everything that I watch and every type of movie that I watch, it's a lot of stuff that I just don't. It's just not on my radar. Yeah. Um So there's some big ones, and there there is some big and good ones, and that I, that I knew I know her knew her from, and no, I'm 
I'm sorry that I mentioned that she was in the Marvel movies. It if it's almost like a thing that it looks like she uh has never been in and maybe she's trying to avoid. So <laughs> uh so no, she's not in those Marvel movies at all. She's in Breaking the Waves is her first credit, which is that Lars von Trier movie, uh, which I own but haven't seen. Um mm. that's like that's on my uh do you like him, Lars von Trier? I don't think I've seen anything by him yet. Okay. Uh, there's some stuff. He's, he's, uh, he's a violent pervert is the best way I'll put it. It's yeah. like, that's, that's the, that's his two things when it comes to these movies. And there's a couple really good ones. And there's other ones where you're just like, this is a little, uh, you're a little full of yourself, Lars. Um, uh, the boxer, which I have not seen, which I know is, uh, oh, that's the, the, the DDL one. Uh, I just knew that that was a DDL that I hadn't seen, mm. but the stuff that I have seen, Gosford Park, which is a Robert Altman movie. I got to put you onto him a little bit. All um, right. He rocks. He rocks. Red Dragon. So it's this sandwich. It's Gosford Park, Punch Drunk Love, and Red Dragon. Uh, do you like those Silence of the Lambs? Obviously, the, the first Silence of the Lambs movie is like maybe the best movie of the 90s. It's probably the best horror movie in the 90s, but it might be the best movie of the 90s, period. Yeah. Um, have you seen that and and the the surrounding movies Mm -hmm. so i've seen you know silence of the lambs hannibal uh and red dragon so i've seen those three there's the manhunter one too which is uh michael mann actually yeah um and that one is like before silence and that one yeah but um yeah so i guess she voices someone in corpse bride which is something that i saw when i was younger for sure um and Synecdoche, New York, that's kind of where it stops with me. She's in one of the Kingsman movies, or maybe both of them, but those don't work for me. Um, and, uh, okay, The House the Jack Built, which rocks. Um, that's one of the good Lars von Trier movies. Okay, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's divisive. People uh, people like it. People also don't like it, uh, which I guess is the definition of divisive. Um but yeah, okay. And she's oh, she's in that Chernobyl miniseries, which I know that I have. Oh seen. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I should do that. I should do that. It looks like she's got a main role coming up in a. I know you're a Dune guy, right? I am. I saw, yeah. I saw you. Um, yes, she looks like she's playing like the main person in it. Oh, well, that's so, exciting. So you got you got that to look forward to. Um, and then. Philip Seymour Hoffman, what's your kind of relationship with him? What what do you know him from most outside of this? So my initial, uh, I think the first thing I ever saw him in was Mission Impossible 3. Cool. Uh, so, you know, he was, uh, you know, awesome, awesome villain yeah. in that. Uh, yeah. So that was, you know, he was always like a, a scary guy for me after that. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of young when I saw it. So. Right, gosh. right. So. Um, my god it's it's going through his credits is it it is truly mental how much how much is like i can't i'm just gonna list them without with trying not to talk about them because it is just unbelievable um so scent of a woman which is like that's one of the and i know i said i wasn't going to start talk about these movies but whatever that is uh one of pacino's golden 90s what i believe one of the the best runs there's a couple little little uh misses but like his 90s is like unbelievable i was telling you about uh the insider right that we were talking about the insider i think i think we um, did yeah 
Yeah, yeah, that's one of it's like Heat and The Insider back to back, just like two of the best movies I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Um, but yeah, okay, so Send of a Woman, he's in one of his earlier credits. But yeah, so he's kind of a PTA guy. So Hard yeah. Eight, he plays he plays the fun guy in Twister. Um, Boogie Nights, unbelievable in Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm, uh, big mm-hmm. Big Lebowski's in for five minutes and he kills it. Yeah. Happiness, I haven't seen, but I need to. I think I have the DVD somewhere, um, which I think is like kind of an out of print DVD. Uh, Talented Mr. Ripley, which I'm going to do on the show soon. Mm. Um, Magnolia, uh, Almost Famous, he's unbelievable in. Punch Drunk Love, 25th Hour. Have you ever seen 25th Hour? I have not. My God, that that might that might be my favorite Spike Lee movie. Mm. Um, He plays, uh, yeah, he he rocks. Um, Well, his character doesn't rock, but either way. Uh, Red Dragon, he's in. Along Came Polly, which I just rewatched. Wow. Uh, Very good. Capote, uh, I like a lot. Um, Just because I read Breakfast at Tiffany's recently, and, like, he's a fascinating, fascinating uh, figure. Uh, Synecdoche, New York, he's unbelievable in. Um, uh, The Master, Moneyball. Oh, my God, Moneyball. Uh, and he kind of, you know, obviously he he dies young, um, and his last handful of movies are the Hunger Games movies, which you yep. know, it's it's he was making money and like uh, people like those movies. Uh, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is like uh, she's having a little bit of a renaissance. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But uh, any of those in particular that you really that that you really really like? So of course, like the master is like you know peak. Uh, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's you know one of my favorites. It's it was a, a toss up between uh, if I were to pick a PTA film, it would be Punch Drunk Love or The Master. So it, that was kind of tough. Um, mm-hmm. But and it's funny because you mentioned uh, the Hunger Games movies. You know, back in mm-hmm. the day, you know, I was uh, was what twenty. Well, the one he came out that he was in was like I was probably about fifteen or so. So okay. I just read the books. So I watched. Those movies was this a was movie theater? It. Was this a um, movie theater movie for you? Yeah, yeah, I saw those in the theater. Uh, so, so, so and, this is kind of your Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was a Hunger Games kid for sure. And what's That's what's awesome. better is during this period, you know, I was living in a small mountain town called Saluda in Western North Carolina, and cool. they filmed the first Hunger Games like in that general area. So oh. it was like a big deal. Uh, for everyone around like oh yeah they're from the hunger games at dupont state that's forest cool. you know 20 minutes from my house yeah uh, yeah that's so, awesome so yeah it was a uh, you know everyone around was like way into it it was a big big thing locally especially um so that's so awesome. that was a fun time um there's also gosh what else um i mean yeah just him being I mean, like there's, the, the there's pta guy yeah 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 that's that's like all of the stuff he does with pta is so good yeah it really is uh yeah yeah uh maybe maybe also uh okay yeah that that's a good one yeah um maybe maybe we'll do instead of doing blade runner maybe we'll do the master next time and maybe uh we'll see we'll see let's the uh I gotta rewatch that one. That I I love that movie. Not in a I gotta rewatch it because I don't get it, or it's just been a minute since I've since I've watched that one. That yeah. one rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so I mean, you know, ultimately that's the movie, right? It's it's him trying to uh trying to escape this uh mistake kind of that he made. It's not really like a mistake. He just got caught up in a scam, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and what's 
one thing I love about it is like after after he you know basically locks things down with Lena, uh, yeah. he's able to like kind of get this resolved, you know, somewhat easily by himself. Like right. he it's almost like I mean he says it himself in the end is, you know, you know, I have a love in my life and that makes me stronger than you could imagine. And it's like yeah. and that shows like that after that he like handles things. Uh and it uh which is you know after that whole first half or you know first three quarters of the movie it really like is is very satisfying to me to have that have him gain that backbone and just you know channel his you know anger issues in a way to defend the woman he loves uh it's the 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 violent outbursts the way that he turns that against those uh the the henchmen philip seymour hoffman's henchmen mm -hmm. um is just so like that that is one of the most like satisfying scenes in a movie oh uh, absolutely so, yeah. you know satisfying bursts of violence because you know <laughs> it's like it's it, it's it's a little rough man he 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 very easily could have killed a couple of those guys <laughs> yeah 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 um, I, I i don't know how the future of his life is gonna look with that um like sure I uh, think they're fine. I think know. they'll be completely fine. Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. uh, uh. So yeah, that's 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 the movie. Um. So uh, any other? So let let me let me go through my notes really quick to think. I'm gonna read through my notes. You think on uh whether they uh I'll, I'll just read through highlights whether they spark anything that you can think of as your favorite part or anything that you've got locked and loaded give me like your one of your favorite parts of the movie and then we'll move on to playing the game but uh i mean a lot of the notes that i took were just kind of keeping track of the plot itself you know him being anxious just him having seven sisters um barry doesn't like to do things which is something that his sisters say all that you, you you can't just do nothing all the time um the party sounds like a nightmare um it was a lot of the first half like this is brutal this is absolutely brutal in a funny way uh georgia yeah. is bad news that is the uh woman from the sex phone line <laughs> yes um the other thing that i put is his sister means well the one who is like the main one that we see mm -hmm. two or three times like you can really tell that she cares a lot about him and she like she's like yeah my brother's a freak and then when uh emily watson kind of agrees she's like well what do you mean by that like you know he's not a freak like he's uh, yeah uh, yeah, I like that uh, too. The uh, warehouse being, you know, like he has employees, like you said, but the there's a couple moments of like disaster in there where like the forklift thing, I was yes. losing my mind. That <laughs> that was some of my favorite uh, favorite thing. Oh, I had a little schemes versus scams, which I'm gonna we'll get to. Um, but the I love the grocery store and his little dance in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. Um. And then, like, yeah, it's just it's about the kisses. Like, the there's three great kisses in this movie. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and there's, I, it's great, it's great. Like so, you yeah. know, the 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 first kiss, like the, you know, obviously the that lead up to him, like, is great when mm -hmm. he leaves. When he leaves, and she's like, and she calls the front desk and is like, just so you know, I wish that you would have kissed me. But she didn't say it like that in a way that made him feel like he had to. It was kind of like right. I would have liked it. And, and and again, and not in a like you should have whatever. Either way, that that part's great. It really is. Yeah, yeah. And like that's a great example of like uh, 
you know, her character kind of like reads the situation every time and like pretty much initiates a lot of the whole thing. Like when she and her sister are leaving the, uh, his, uh, warehouse, uh, she yeah. like decides to walk back in like, Hey, do you want to go out with me tomorrow? I'm having dinner. Do you want to come? Uh, uh, you know, she initiates that basically and gives him like yeah. the opportunity to just say yes. And also, sure. you know, she could tell he was probably probably also wanted to kiss her and was just, of right. course, being the anxious person that he is would absolutely not do that unless, you know, she told him, like, hey, I want you to do this. So, yeah, um, so that's, uh, you know, a great example of that happening in there. And then, of course, lead to, up to him, like just not able to find where her, her the apartment, apartment is. yeah when she's yeah. trying when he's trying to find the apartment again yep that rocks too that that whole that whole bit it's hard to say if that's my favorite part i want to say like obviously barry's hanging with barry's great um you know throughout the whole movie so it's a, it's a roller coaster i should say and and we don't get much of philip seymour hoffman but like i i don't know what i would say my favorite part of this movie is like overall like the, the it, it is it is really great and when we when we do the the ranking of these movies i'm very curious where i'm gonna where i'm gonna put it um because i f- it's just it's it's tough like kind of like someone like fincher where it's like his worst movie is still like unbelievable yeah um yeah yeah uh, but any any other favorite parts before we move on to the questions yeah um so I mean, whenever I like think about this movie, the part that goes to my mind is, you know, the phone screaming match with uh, Barry and Philip sure. Seymour And, you know, uh, that's priceless. It's like, even though, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman is in this movie for, you know, you know, single Five digit minutes. amount of minutes. Yeah. Uh, that's like some of my favorite bits of him in anything is him yep. screaming on the phone uh, to Barry. And so, yeah, that's if I were to pick, that's probably my favorite moment, but, but yeah, going back to, um, like the second kiss, like, of course, yeah. like that is the iconic shot of the whole yep. thing and it's just gorgeous. And it like, you know, that one rocks. really, really pays off, uh, yep. the whole lead up to it. And, you know, just, just the little moments of that, uh, throughout the movie that, you know, the little payoffs. So, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, the one other thing that I'll say my favorite, because like I said, it, it felt like because he was in it for not that long, I was like, wow, is it my favorite? Just cause I, it, it almost feels like a disservice to Barry, but you're right. He is also in that screaming match. So that's completely fair to be like, that's probably my favorite part too. The other little thing is that I said I would talk about is just the transitions, which is another thing that I'm obsessed with when it comes to both music and movies and like it's a little i almost feel like it's a little easier to get away with strange transitioning in movies because you can kind of jump time and set tone you know like here's a new tone that we're that we're setting for this part of the movie or whatever and i shouldn't Mm -hmm. say that like like it's easy either because it's never like i've made a fucking movie in my life seems like one of the hardest things that you can artistically do actually Uh putting that all together it's like you're yeah uh, but um, man, the transitioning in this movie is unbelievable. Between like the the colors that kind of fade into picture, and just some of the like fade in fade out stuff is like it, it's you know I I feel like one of the things that I really 
uh, when I'm watching a movie, I focus less visually on the stuff than I do. Like I, I, I pay attention to score. Sure. But I'm more invested in uh, story and how it flows. Kind of like how I am about music. When I'm listening to music, it's less about uh, the audio quality and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, I, I, I like high fidelity stuff, but I can let go of some of that if I really like what a song is doing in terms of structure and the way that mm-hmm. it moves. And I feel that same way about movies. So once in a while, when I see something visually that really grabs me, just like same thing with music, where I'm like, that sounds, that guitar sounds unbelievable. That That's really very special. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that tra- the transitioning is just, uh, it's so, so sick. And another example of like, I see something in a movie that I want to like, relate to my own songwriting it's like how can i make oh, yeah. a transition that feels like the transition i just saw in this movie the oh, one yeah. like the the uh, one of one of my it's it's kind of a transition to an ending you ever see the color of money Mm-mm, i haven't that, one of my favorite it's like it, it's embarrassing how high that would be up on on my scorsese list like it's it's the it, do you know what the color of money is at all um i don't know the plot of it no Tom Cruise, it's a Martin Scorsese movie, and it's Tom Cruise is a pool hustler, or he's being taught how to be a pool hustler. It's kind of a spiritual sequel, or kind of a, a, a direct sequel to The Hustler, the Paul Newman movie in the 50s or 60s, but um, it's a fucking sports movie about a guy who plays pool, and a guy who's trying to teach him how to like play pool professionally and hustle people. Um, and there's a, the way the movie ends, I'm like, I want to end a song the way that The Color of Money ends, because it, it's like this big lead up to something that's like all right, here we go. We're about to get into something even bigger. And actually the movie ends. You're just going to have to imagine what this thing is. Mm. And I, 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 I like that. I like that. All right. All yeah. right. Let me, let me jump into these. Let me jump into these, into these questions and then all we'll, right. we'll rank these things. Let's do it. All right. Uh, what is the best color for a suit? Ooh. Ooh. Man, I'm not a guy that's worn many suits. Sure. Um, that's a tough one. Mm. Even just, even just, so, even just something. Uh, don't even imagine it on you. Imagine it on someone else. Then imagine it on Barry. But, but here's the thing: you can't pick blue. Okay. Okay. I'll go with. You know. I keep going back to the picture of Obama in that tan suit. Awesome. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I think we should drift away from the black, gray, sure. blue type suits only. Let, let's yeah. expand a little bit. I, I really like that. So that's we'll awesome. Go, we'll go with that. Uh, Tristan, that's a perfect answer. Um, who is your favorite guy named Barry? And this either can be in real life or a character in a movie. Man, do I, do I know a Barry? I don't. If I know any Barrys, I'm so sorry, but... Uh, Let's see. There's the only Barry that I can think of is um, Barry Allen, The Flash. Okay. Um, is it, wait, is it that new Flash movie? Or is this um, an old Flash thing? We'll go with, um, well, <laughs> we'll go with Barry Allen from the TV show. You know, okay. the Grant right. Gustin Flash, not not the Ezra Miller Flash. Okay, uh, I I hear insane things about that movie. 
Um, oh yeah, I, I watched it uh, like uh, <laughs> last week just because like you know it's on HBO now and I'm like oh, okay I have time to kill. It's it was it was pretty nuts, man. Um, my my friend, uh, my buddy Jamie watched it. He said uh, he's he's one of my friends that I watch uh, once a week. Me and a couple buddies, we call ourselves the Pinheads. We get together once a week and we watch two movies. And um, he said, I got to take one for the team and watch The Flash. No one asked him to. But it was one of those things where he's like, uh, once in a while, he just wants to put on something so bad. Um, and not bad like The Room. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, you know, it's right. the room. He wants to watch something that's like, uh incompetent but like big so so he watched this thing and he was sending us clips and i i legitimately can't couldn't believe what i was saying <laughs> it, it, like, it looks crazy like visually <laughs> it's like nuts and i mean like there's some good things in there but it's like just a right. whole mishmash of things that I, it just a lot of it didn't feel necessary a lot of it didn't feel real i was like yeah, yeah. it could be done better there were some it doesn't need to be all this complicated uh my my favorite barry for the record is barry trotz he is a uh he was an ex nhl hockey coach he coached the new york islanders now he's the gm of the nashville predators um if you were calling into a call girl service what would your fake name be because barry Ooh, made a um, fake name for himself mm, oh yeah his his was like jack or something oh um, yeah um let's go with um i'm I would be like, if I were in his position, I would probably get really nervous and just say uh, uh, Christian or something. Sure. Okay. That's fine. That's fair. Um, all right. Uh, you you actually said something earlier that made me immediately type this question down. And I'm going to start using this as a good, uh, this is something I'm probably going to use as a question for the rest of the time I do this pod. What is nice. a good fast food toy for punch drunk love if this came in a happy meal oh um the first one that comes to mind is the plunger um cool. or uh the harmonium a little harmonium yeah i was thinking um, that what else um i uh, could do the, uh, the 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 sludge hammer that he uses he uses a sludge hammer at some point uh some kind of hammer when he's uh uh, uh when he gets into that big fight um oh yeah the tire iron yeah. yes that's uh, it that's it's tire iron mm-hmm um, um I thought there'd be else. one more. Um I know. Oh, he walked around with that phone for a little bit. Uh oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that would be good too. Um what 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 would be a good double feature with this? Um I mean there's the obvious like a double uh sandman or... feature. Yeah. Uh or you could do that. Um, Another PTA. You know, I think something like uh, if you also kind of want to have that same kind of a uh, rom com, but like you know, made by like a serious filmmaker with a uh, another usual comedic actor, I would say something like Eternal Sunshine, maybe. Cool, um, cool answer. That's a cool answer. Yeah, that's I, that's my. I, I kind of uh, put those in the same category in a, in in a way. That's uh that's my wife's favorite movie, Eternal Sunshine as well. Oh wife. yeah, it's a good one. It's a good she one. She loves it. Um uh all right, there was two I want to do the PTA rankings instead. I was I was going <laughs> to I had two that was let's come up with an an immoral scam, which is the, you know, the the 
the phone sex hotline yeah. uh, extorting people for money and let's come up with a scheme but that feels you know that feels like it might take time it's more of a thinking exercise let's shelve that for the next time you come on and I'll remind you and I'll be like hey don't forget we have to come up with a scheme and a scam and maybe we assign one to the other I come up with a scam you come up with a scheme something like that and we present each other the idea is we see which one is better if we want to do something immoral or if we want to do something that is more taking advantage of the system. Um, yeah. uh, but okay. So uh, here let's, I've got them right in front of me. Uh, did I just X out of it? Oh my God. No, no, it's right here. It's right here. <laughs> PTA, PTA filmography. All right. So like I said, the only two that I have not seen are, Inherent Vice and Magnolia, which is, <laughs> I feel like if I wasn't going to see two of them, uh, and this will probably be telling of where I put them on my uh, list, I feel like it'd be better off to see, like, not see Hard Eight or even like Licorice Pizza. Because yeah. I feel like uh, the two that I haven't seen are tremendous. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to do uh, my number one. I'm going to go off the board, not off the board, but. I'm going to go Boogie Nights as my number one. Mm. Then I'm going to go There Will Be Blood. <sighs> Lord forgive me, the master, but I'm going to put Punch Drunk Love at three. I really <laughs> like it. really, really uh, resonated with me this time around. Yeah. Oh, what am I doing? Phantom Thread. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lose it. Oh, God. I'm going to put Phantom Thread at three with the understanding that I'm actually going to rewatch that tomorrow night, probably. Um, and that could jump. And when I redo, when I do watch Magnolia and uh, inherent vice, I will probably have this reordered a little bit and I wouldn't be surprised if phantom thread is one, um, mm -hmm. but I'm going to do boogie nights. There will be blood phantom thread punch drunk love the master. Then I'm going to do licorice pizza and then heart eight. And then obviously the other two that I'm missing are Inherent Vice and Magnolia. I have a feeling I'm going to really like Inherent Vice. Yeah. Maybe I should watch that instead of Magnolia tonight. You know, hmm. it's they're, they're both long movies. So, yeah. you know, don't don't feel pressured to watch them both or anything yeah. like that um, at once. But, yeah, that's good ranking. I can dig that. Um, where, where are you at? All right. So, I think... Okay, we'll go Punch Drunk Love, uh, cool. The Master, cool. There Will Be Blood, um, I think I'll go Magnolia next. Wow, okay. Um, and then for that, I think it'll be, some of them I haven't rewatched in a while, but I just watched Licorice Pizza, and I really liked that. Okay, uh, that's fair. So I think that's going to be number five. Um, six? Probably Phantom Thread. Okay. Um, I need to rewatch it. You should. Um, that, then, that's a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably Inherent Vice after that. Okay. And then I need to rewatch Boogie Nights also, but I might oh, go wow. Heart yeah. then Boogie Nights. My God. Um, yeah. You should rewatch yeah. Boogie Nights tonight. My yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, oh. It's, uh, I know that's pretty wild. Um, All right. So, so I think that's it. Um, Okay, I will put I'll uh I'll put both of our lists um up on the episode description. But uh Tristan, uh this rocked and uh I'm looking forward to hearing uh new 
sometime in February and hanging out next time that either of us are on tour and in each other's areas. Yep. And um, yeah, dude, uh, really great talking to you. And uh, I'm very excited for the next time that we do a pod as well. Yeah, absolutely. It was a blast. Appreciate you having me on. I'll do it again anytime. Hell yeah, dude. All right. Have a good night and I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Later. Peace. Peace.